Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Well, I do have to say, I wish I realized and harnessed all this stuff a long time ago, but I'm picking up on it now, and it has changed my life in many ways, and I'm hoping it's going to do the same for you because... She is somebody that can help you in terms of hypnotherapy, meditation, your mindset, and your life in general. And she is somebody we like to refer to as the queen of the mind. And she's with us today to unpack all of this stuff. Leah Mariano joins us on the program. Leah, welcome. How are you doing? Oh, thank you so much. Very happy to be here. Cheers. I'm delighted to be able to share what I do with you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's good to have you here. And I know you you work with a lot of different modalities, and we're going to dig into those along the way. But this all centers really on the subconscious, right? Once we we realize how powerful the subconscious is, I can say for myself, all the pieces actually start to come together. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the subconscious mind is a very integral part in literally every single thing we do, right? Um, I think more than people are even aware of. And that's a big part of my goal. And what I do is to help bring awareness to the idea of what the subconscious mind is. And in fact, that very important role that it does play in our everyday existence. Um, so hopefully after today, people will have a little more insight with regards to what that means and how they can better harness um, different tools and practices to be able to really um, make a difference and do any sort of alteration or um, even further embracing different parts of their life. So for a lot of us, a lot of it goes back to our childhood as I understand it, and those beliefs, or or call them limiting beliefs that put up the blocks, why we feel we can't make money, or a lot of it, why we feel we can't find the right relationships. Did that happen along the way for you when you had that aha moment about the subconscious, that it was something that was from way back in the day for you? Oh, you mean personally, my own yes. limiting beliefs? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, of course, there's a lot of, um, I can get very scientific and kind of nerd out about what really does design the subconscious mind. I mean, nature versus nurture versus genetic embedding. I mean, there's so many different things that um, kind of put, there's so many pieces that put together this puzzle that is our brain and our minds and the way we think and how we view the world. Um, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, cultural influence. A lot of it is that, you know, nurture component where, you know, it is how you're raised. It is your communities. It is your cultural beliefs or, um, religious practices or, you know, there's, there's so many things that, um, that give us the thoughts that we have to be super simplified. Um, but having control over those thoughts is what is really important and being able to identify maladaptive thought processes and tendencies because they're habits, just like anything else, compulsive tendencies that we just, you know, find ourselves going down these rabbit holes. And it's like, oh, gosh, why am I obsessively thinking about, you know, this this conversation with this coworker and I'm going round and round about all the different ways to approach it. And the conversation hasn't even happened yet. Right. Mm. I mean. We have anxiety-provoking thoughts, fear-based provoking thoughts, so many different things. So yeah, of course, personally for me, um, yeah, there, it's it's been a journey of self-love and um, really 
owning and stepping into success and stepping into feeling complete and happy and content and peaceful, all the things, you know, that we wish for everyone. Um, it's definitely, I've, I've had my own journey of being able to, to walk that road and now come here and say, yeah, I'm a very happy, healthy, grounded. I mean, I would like to think so, you know, well-rounded person that really enjoys celebrating life and, um, just being here. It's, it's, it's wonderful, but yes, it definitely took me my own personal self-improvement journey, you know, to be able to, to now very, um, completely claim that. And it's nice to hear you walk the walk and talk the talk. You know, you learned it, you figured it out. I call it, right? Like connecting the dots. How come I act this way now? Oh, well, I mean, connects back to that. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, if we are going to get into my personal, you know, journey, I mean, I struggled with anxiety, depression. I grew up, you know, as a performing artist and, you know, very, um, there's a lot of superficial things that you get exposed to. I mean, even just going through school can be difficult for some of us, depending on what our, you know, social habits are. Some of us are more prone to being extroverts, introverts, etc. Some people have, you know, fears and phobias from the time they're a young child that can be difficult to deal with. And navigating that, you know, is is challenging if you don't have the right type of support and it can follow you uh you know it's um a continue the chain or break it kind of a scenario right um but yeah so i i did have to do a lot of personal healing for myself i i had i struggled with depression um for many many years and anxiety and i had you know suicidal thoughts and all the things which i think is more common than what people speak about um so I had to definitely make a choice at some point. I had a very pivotal moment in my life in my early 20s where I said, oh, you know, you really have got to either make some very drastic improvements and changes in order to really embrace living life. Because there were times I really just didn't want to be here anymore. <laughs> um, but and, and you know what? I want to share with you, you're not alone. In yeah. At this time in our country, there's a mental right. health crisis going on. And you can Google it. It comes up. The CDC reported it. And the biggest segment is among women and specifically teenage girls are dealing yeah, with it. And, and everything yes. you just said is everything that's going on now. In fact, I think the number is 43% of teenage girls have thought about taking their life or not being here. That's how I think big it's it is. even higher now. I think actually I read something. It may be even higher now. I do a lot of outreach with teen suicide. Um, I do a lot of outreach for at-risk youth. Um, and there, I mean, it's it's heartbreaking. It's it's horrible. And there are so many reasons why. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so there's there's explanations for days. But um, yeah, hopefully a big part of what I do and other counselors, therapists, psychiatrists, psych- you know, I mean, you know, we're here to help. So um, hopefully those that are in need do have the the knowledge of certain resources and can reach out. Um, the one thing I want to say, my my opinion to anyone that I talk to when I understand that they are in some way contemplating suicide or do have those suicidal thoughts, um, emotions, just like anything else in life, is very, very temporary. And it may not be the most comforting concept, but if you look at things in life, different phases and things that we go through, every single emotion, every single phase, every single thing that you experience is very, very temporary. Mm. And you may have a thought or a desire or something now 
but I promise anyone and everyone over time and over sometimes a very short amount of time, that will change. Those thoughts will change. Those feelings will change. Those emotions do ultimately take a different turn. Um, And with the aid and help of a professional, you can make that happen that much sooner. You know, thanks for sharing that because it's so, excuse me, impactful that we're moving targets. Our minds, we're always changing. We're thinking different things. And it it might be just, like you said, temporary, just for that moment. Absolutely. And there's beautiful studies. Yeah, sorry, I keep interrupting you. (laughs) Um, There's beautiful studies done. Um, People who have survived suicide, um, people who have, you know, made the attempt and actually lived through it. Um, There's wonderful documentaries, articles, blogs for days of people talking about how they're glad they survived. And I think that is very important um, to to acknowledge and recognize um, because, you know, it really speaks to the idea of transformation being possible and you can take power of your life. I re- it's, it's the foundation of everything I do, as well as many other licensed professionals in this field, especially the field of psychology or anything to do with the concept of, you know, neuroplasticity. We all believe that you have the power to change your thoughts, your habits. You know, if you are in a, in a place of this emotional distress, there are so many solutions now and so many people speaking about the, you know, support and the ability to, to have a transformation. And you can provoke that in your own everyday life, just in making certain changes and being able to step into a new way of thinking, believing. Um, it's, yeah, you, everyone has the power to do that. They really, really do. I don't think we realize how powerful we all are, you know, and, and it goes back to, I guess, limiting beliefs, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's growth mindset versus fixed mindset. There's, you know, people who just have um, a predisposition towards certain outlooks. You know, there are people who are naturally more optimistic and others who are naturally more pessimistic. And again, there's so many reasons behind why you may be that way. It it can come down to diet. It can come down to sleep. It can come down to um, your genetic blueprint, how your brain was designed, you know, just for you versus what has been, you know, reaffirmed through social interactions. Again, the nature versus nurture concept. Um, And then, you know, I mean, we have hormones, we have, you know, so many different things that can, that can make a you know, that can influence, you know, what, what our state of mind is. There are things that can trigger anxiety and there are things that can be a remedy towards anxiety. Um, But the first step really, I believe is just being aware, being aware of what thoughts are serving you, what thoughts, what thoughts aren't, and being able to identify what your patterns are. You know, am I constantly living in this fear-based worst case scenario future? You know, am I anticipating things bad happening as opposed to anticipating things good happening? And that sounds very simple. Um, but honestly, I mean, if you really do look at, oh, was that thought helpful? Do I really want to own that as a part of how I move through the world? And I'm being very general here. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's easier to be more specific, especially in session with clients. But if you really can sit down and go, okay, am I, am I, you know, looking at this glass half full? Am I seeking to appreciate? Because I really, I really do believe if you seek to appreciate, if that is your intention, you will never be disappointed. 
And I coach people on that. I coach people on living your life, living your existence every single day, day to day from the time you wake up in the morning. What is your intention? What are your intentions? Down to the simplest, easiest thing. And the way that affects your mindset, the way that affects how you navigate life, are you living in alignment with what you really want to think, feel, and be? You know, and some people just aren't, it's just not aware. It's not in the forefront of your existence. You know, how do you design your morning routine? Do you have a morning routine? Do you have a way of navigating your day with specific intention being in the forefront of your brain? If you wake up and you're like, oh, my, my, my intention in navigating this, whatever, this issue with my Amazon package, (laughs) my intention is to, you know, to be polite and kind. And my objective is to get this resolved with the least amount of fuss and fumble possible. You know, it sounds really silly and and very simple, but you're going to navigate that conversation very differently than if you have, if you, if you don't have an intention, you may be more prone to frustration. You may be more prone to, to being flustered. You may, you know, just have a harder time navigating that. And I know, again, that sounds like a somewhat maybe of a trivial kind of a thing, but it's just the idea of if you wake up in the morning and my intention is to make myself a good, healthy breakfast, have my workout, do my meditation, and then my intention is go to work. Why do I go to work? Well, I'm fulfilling this type of purpose or I'm securing my family's, you know, well-being. You know, I have this intention and this intention is to serve. This intention is to learn. This intention is to be kind. This intention is to, you know, fulfill what I believe I'm here to do. I mean, that is that you can move mountains if that is how you navigate the world. I totally hear what you're saying. And many of us act on autopilot. So that mm-hmm. Amazon package didn't show up. There was an issue with it. Right away, we just, all right, let me just take care of this. You don't even think of how you're going to do it. You just do it. But sometimes it's not the right way to handle it. And if you think of it ahead of time, what's the best way to to handle this? What That thought that I had about that situation, whatever the situation is, does that serve me in the best way? We don't do it. I know it it does sound so obvious, but we don't normally do it. So setting the intention, I will not go to a party or go somewhere, you know, aside from going to the store or whatever, without setting an intention. What's it going to be like when I get there? Not that I'm you know, anxious or anything, but I want to plan for it. It's like, okay, hmm, what are people going to be wearing? All right, I'll wear that. What, um, what is the expectation? What do I want to get out of that? What do I want it to feel like? I think about it all uh, you know, in advance. I'm not OCD. Yeah. I just think about it. <laughs> I don't think it does That's any harm. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, you know, yeah, it can be it can be as specific as you need to, whatever it is that's is serving you that moment, that day or that particular occasion, or it can be super general of I want to just have a good time at this event tonight. Mm. You know, I want to I just want to have a good evening. I want to celebrate my spouse. It's her birthday. I want, you know, the evening to be all about her or, you know, um or I I'm super excited to see these other friends I haven't seen in ages and I'm just going to I'm just going to go in have a wonderful time. Even just that as, again, as simple as it sounds of this is meant to be a celebratory thing, then you're not going to get pissed off when the valet is taking forever to bring your car or you're less so, you know, you're not going to be like distracted by, 
a text message you get from work. It's like, no, no, I'm here to have, I'm here to do this thing. And this is my intention for this evening. And I'm going to stick and focus to my, you know, on this intention, Um, you know, going to the grocery store. I mean, it could be like, yes, I have to get this task done as efficiently as possible because I've got to, you know, pick up Jimmy from soccer practice in 45 minutes. I only have a half hour to get my shopping done. You know, I mean, but it, it, it can be whatever it is that you're needing for it to serve you. My point is that, we go through so much of life and just kind of let experiences be done onto us as opposed to taking the driver's seat and saying, I am going to decide how I navigate this. And my my intention is to navigate it this way. And the power of the intention, the reason it's so important is because when you have goals, plans, objectives, you know, you have this sense of, I would like to accomplish this thing. Then you have, you, you have, I, I help a lot of women, especially be decisive in life. I mean, it's interesting how sometimes anyone, men, man or woman can struggle with making decisions, just any decisions, decisions that serve us. There are a lot of people who get debilitated by the ability to make certain decisions, big ones, small ones. I mean, we're talking everything from mundane to life altering decisions. And if you live with intention and you have that intention, you're living in alignment, most of your decisions are made for you. You don't have that struggle of like, well, what do I do? Do I do this or that? No, no. If my intention is to serve this objective, well, then this is this is the path and this is the way. And then your decisions, it's made for you down to, again, I mean, it could even affect your demeanor, your emotional outlook, the thoughts you have. Um, and then you're, you're more in alignment with living in a way that genuinely serves your truest self, whatever it is that that may be for you. And I help people identify that. Like, what is your truth? How do you want to look and feel, navigate the world? What are your religious or spiritual beliefs? You know, what is your idea of, of a healthy lifestyle? Like, how do you want to feel when you wake up every day? And, you know, mindset and intention is, in my opinion, the biggest part of that. Do you think that some of us don't set those intentions because we're we're afraid we're going to fail? Oh, always. So there's um, a lot of different theories, especially in the world of psychology, about um, fear-based decisions. And they can be disguised. We don't always see them as being fear-based decisions. But if you follow, you know, the root of why you're thinking and feeling a certain way, usually for a lot of people, and it's something crazy, like 80% of something of why people have a hard time making decisions is because they fear something so dramatic, like death or you know, their spouse leaving them and, and dying alone. I mean, it's like this, it's very interesting um, the way we can have something lingering in the back of our minds that is so huge and we're not even aware that it is totally the reason why we are having a decision choosing something that may seem completely unrelated. Um, there's a, a predisposition that we have as evolved as we are. We are still in some way primal beings, but there's we have these tendencies that are just embedded in our brains that are still designed to keep us in somewhat of a survival mode. Mm. Um, and I, I could get so n- neuro nerd out about why that is, what that is, and what the different functions of our brain are. And I, and I don't want that to turn into, I don't want to turn that into this. Um, but, but, um, you, but you know what? I want to tell you something, Leah, I, ap- <laughs> I appreciate it. Like I'll call you later because <laughs> I, I, yeah. I love all of that. And when it's research-based, Nobody can punch a hole in it. Like people may listen to it or you tell somebody and 
you know, I always have to set it up with, this is not woo-woo, foo-foo stuff. This is legitimate research. This has been found. This has been studied. Like to your point before, it's been studied so many times about worrying. Like you were talking before, you know, thinking about something and then letting it marinate on your brain. And well, 92% of the stuff that we, and this is every couple of years they do this study, the stuff that we worry about never takes place. It's only like less than 10% actually transpires. The rest of it, you worried for nothing. You literally wasted energy worrying about this stuff that you didn't need to worry about. That's exactly right. You're living, I, I call it, you're living in the pessimistic future as opposed to living in the optimistic one. And what I really want people to, you know, be aware of, and I know I'm only one voice and there's thousands of other people literally preaching something similar to what I am. And that's so, so great. Um, but the, the idea is that you, you, you're living in this pessimistic future and you can make the choice to live in the optimistic one. If you're going to live in a moment that isn't today right now, why wouldn't you design the best freaking moment possible? Mm. If that if you're if you're going to choose something other than right now, living, breathing, being as, you know, content in the present as you can be, which I do think people should aspire towards being because there's a whole level of brilliant beauty just in that in and of itself. But if you are going to live in a place that isn't now, why wouldn't it be your ideal, fantasy, wonderful, magical, beautiful world? You know, why live in this space that is is doom and and fear and, and anxiety? Because you that's what we know. <laughs> I right, think that's what right. we know. Or yeah, and again, yeah. we, we like to play the victim. You know, that that happened to me. It's like, really? Come on. And then you just keep over. And we're creatures of habit. So we just keep rinse and repeating of that same habits, that same negativity. I want to definitely touch upon right here, hypnotherapy, because yeah. I'm I'm a big, I'm the cheerleader for it. I seriously oh, am. Good. And when I realize, and I'm sure I, everybody says the same thing. Why didn't I do this sooner? It's usually the last thing that you pick, but so powerful. And your mind is not controlled. All these things that people think is pretty much not true aside from the fact that it can change your life in a very short period of time, right? I love that. Yes, I'm so glad that you're an advocate for that. The one thing I do want to say straight away about hypnotherapy, people have, you know, some type of um it's can be a misguided concept with regards to the power of hypnotherapy. Um I always tell my clients, um it's very important for you to understand that I cannot make you do something you don't want to do. Yep. So there are degrees of suggestibility. And again, I can totally at some point go into the science behind what makes someone more suggestible than someone else. Um, and it literally has to do with your neurobiology. And some people are, you know, more prone to being open to suggestion when you're under hypnosis and some people less so. There is a small percentage of people that you can see in their brain. They are not hypnotizable. They are not able to be as open to suggestion mm-hmm. as other people. Um, it's a small percentage, but I just want to put it out there that that is that's a thing. Um, yeah. So, but you know, but the other thing is you got to want it. It can't be. You have to want it. Well, and I have, right? I have other approaches behind instilling the, the concepts for people. Like I can still work with someone who's not suggestible and I can still, I can still do all of the same things just in a different um, way of presenting change. And it's still just as an effective therapy. It's just slightly different than what I would say hypnosis is, but very obviously similar in principle. 
Um, but anyway, so I, as a hypnotherapist, I don't have ultimate control or power over your existence when you're under hypnosis. It's not like in Vegas where you see the guy standing on the table, you know, <laughs> waving his, waving yeah. his arms like a chicken, you know, right. um, it, it's not, and he's, a, he, if he is really that, you know, under hypnosis, he's not doing something that fundamentally at his core, he doesn't want to do. I can't make you you know, do something horrible that you would never do in your waking life. You, your brain has a built-in defense mechanism. Your mind, again, is is the most incredibly powerful thing. You have a, a security system that I cannot penetrate. Yeah. If there is something I'm asking you to do, your your brain and mind will will prevent you from being able to think, experience it if it's something that you really don't want to do. So you, as to what you said, in every process and really in any form of therapy, you have to want what you're pursuing. You have to want the remedy. You have to want the outcome and you really have to embrace the journey. Um, but hypnosis is extremely powerful in so many different ways when it comes to breaking habits or treating, you know, different emotional, mental health issues. Um, when it comes to, you know, trying to, you know, bring your smoking to a cessation or you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to, um, especially, especially for people who do want to be just overall happier in life, hypnosis is a really excellent tool for getting getting through what may be standing in your way, be it habits, tendencies, um, or to just different parts of your life, like what is preventing you from being ultimately your happiest self. And hypnosis is an excellent vehicle for being able to um, bring you to ultimately where you want to be as far as how you feel. Um, same thing with meditation. Meditation and hypnosis are very, very similar, especially from a neurological perspective with what actually is happening in your brain. Um, so for those who don't find themselves easily hypnotizable or don't necessarily want to pursue hypno hypnosis, um, I provide custom meditations as well, which ultimately serves something very, very similar. Um, but meditation in general, I can't say enough about it. It really is a, an excellent tool. Um, if you're looking for something to kind of um, bring into your life that only takes, you know, you can start with 10 minutes a day. Um, and depending on the type of meditation, um, you can find, you, you can experience results very, very quickly. Hi, we're just about out of time, but I would love to talk about custom meditation because I've never heard it described that way. And maybe next time we can, we can dig a little deeper into it, what that actually means. Um, I would love that. Yes, I struggle. I would love that. I try meditation. Sometimes I get there, sometimes I don't. And this is even over years <laughs> that it's not. Uh, I'm. I'm here to help you, Steve. Yeah, please, please. I have not hit the mark, but I can tell you the times that I did. And there was one time over the past two months where I, I got up, had a lot going on. I just, I said, you know what? I got to, I'm going to lay back in bed. I, this is just, oh. a, this, it's, I'm having a day. One of those days we yeah. all have them, right? And I laid yeah. down and I didn't go back to sleep, but I went into what had to be a meditative state. I was completely drained. And 40 minutes later, I woke up. And it was like I slept for a week. I was like, bing, all right, let's go. Um, 
It, yeah, non-sleep deep rest. You're in a state of non-sleep deep rest. Um, that's that. There's that is a um, a technique. I again, I could go on and on. I know we need to be wrapping up here. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Definitely. non-sleep deep rest. We'll talk about meditations, the different types of meditations. We'll talk about the importance of a custom meditation versus just a general one. Um, and we can talk about how you can utilize meditation every day or even once a week, depending on what you're use, utilizing it for. But I definitely recommend every day. Mm. Um, we'll talk about the benefits of, of all those things and how to use it when you're trying to make specific changes in your life. I have two words for you. You're deep and I love it. Oh, you really thank you. go to the core and have such a, an amazing understanding of all of these modalities and the subconscious. And there's other you know, great people out there that do similar stuff. But, you know, I look at it as they're skimming the stone across the top of the water where you're going deep and you can figure out, even right down to the custom meditation, what would work for somebody. If somebody wants to work Thank with you. you and find out if it's the right fit for them, they just go to your website. Please, please go to my website. Um, it's very basic and very simple. Um, a lot of my clients are word of mouth, which has been brilliantly beautiful. I'm very lucky and fortunate in that regard. But if you are wanting to reach out to me and book an appointment, you can go to my website, hhlifewellness.com. Um, my email's on there. I have an Instagram handle, although I am very, very bad about posting on social media. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you can find me on there. My Instagram information's on my website as well as you can send me an email. Um, there's also uh, a number there where you can reach out to me via phone or via text as well. Fabulous talking with you. And now I know why they call you the queen of the mind, because you really are. (laughs) You really are. Uh, I appreciate you and learned a lot today and uh, looking forward next time we get together. As am I. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful rest of your day. You too. HHLifeWellness.com. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.